eventually it got to the point where she was clearly on drugs, but like, I didn't know that. Like I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. But she at one point was like, I don't think I should be your mom anymore. Like, I don't think I'm the good fit for you. And it was like actually on my birthday that she told me this because she was like, happy birthday. By the way, I don't want to be your mom. She was basically like trying to make me feel bad and was like being very manipulative about the situation and was like, you deserve better. Um, and I just don't think I'm it. And I was like, why aren't you it? Like that, it really hurt because not only is your mom telling you that she doesn't think she's a good fit, but you're like, why am, why do you not want to be a good fit? Like, why are you giving up? So whenever I was born, I have completely different parents than I do now. Um, I had my dad, Robert Caustic and my mom, Darlene Caustic, and they were married. Um, and I don't really know much about their like relationship together. I just know it wasn't good. And they got divorced around the time that I was one. My mom kept her last name. She still has the same last name, um, because that's what I had. I still saw my dad, uh, like once a month type thing. Um, And then like around the age of two, my mom started dating this man named Joshua Davis. And he's been my dad. I lived with him. I've lived with him since I was two. And um, he's who raised me and that's who I consider my dad. Whenever I was three, they had my little brother. Um, And we love him. He's something else. (laughs) But but anyways, um, so growing up, my mom, she is a drug addict and an alcoholic recovering right now. She's a year sober. Um, She also has some mental health issues. Um, She has bipolar disorder. And so like growing up was kind of hard. Like I had to deal with a mom that was like that. Um, And like this whole entire time, I thought it was like normal. Like I just thought that's what moms did. I mean, I didn't know. I only had one. So whenever I was about eight or seven, I was seven. My mom and my dad uh, broke up, but they still lived together because they wanted us to have our mom and our dad in the same household, which sounded like a good idea to them, but was not because they fought a lot, um, screaming, crying, throwing things. Um, and it was a lot for me and my little brother to have to watch. Um, when I was eight, my mom moved out and like, I saw her not really a lot. Like I would maybe see her on the weekends, like if she showed up or like if she wanted us to come, um, she was just kind of like living her own life. Whenever I would see her, it would be hard because instead of having like all that anger to give out on my dad, she would put it on me. And so my mom like was very abusive, like mentally, physically, like emotionally, the whole nine yards. So let me bring, let me ask one question in this. So at this particular point, so then you you have your biological mom mm-hmm. who's not living at home with you and you no. have, who's not actually your dad mm-hmm. that you're living with and you're yes. not adopted or anything no. by him at all or anything right now, but you're living with him and your biological mom is, is out of, out, kind of in and out of the picture. Yes. I'm currently in a situation where I'm living with my half brother and a man who's not related to me whatsoever. Um, can I take this jacket? You off? bet you can. I'm hot now. Okay. He starts dating this woman named Sarah Webb, and I did not like her because, <laughs> and it was nothing to do with her. It was more of like the fact that 
I had only had my mom. And so like, I didn't want another person coming into the situation. Like I had just grown to accept the fact that it was me and my dad and my brother. And like, I was nine. And so I would make things so hard for her. And like, if she wanted to do something, I'm like, no, that's dumb. Like, I don't want to be a part of whatever you got going on. My mom did not like her either. So my mom would make it even harder um, on me. And so I would have to go see my mom and then I would have to hear all these awful things about my family that like she wasn't technically a part of like she didn't know what actually went on. She was just like, there's another woman raising my child. So this is not okay. Eventually, my dad's girlfriend, Sarah, was like, hey, you need to get your kids to go to church. And I was like, I was like, why not? All my friends go to this church. And so we went to Faith Baptist. It's in North Little Rock. And all my friends went and we went to Awana's. And I was learning Bible verses and doing all this stuff, but my home life did not change. And I was still having to go see my mom, who was then an atheist. My mom grew up in church um, and then turned like her back on it, I guess, and was like, this isn't real. And so I would be like, hey, you want to hear this exciting thing that I did at church? And she's like, it's not real. It's a fairy tale, Monroe, but whatever. And like would like make the most backhanded remarks or like try and quiz me on things that like I was like nine years old. And she was like, well, do you know about this? This, And I'm like, no, I don't know about this. I'm in like Sunday school. But like at church, I was learning like God's unconditional love. And like they explained it in the way of like God was the parent that is never going to like leave you the parent that's always going to be there for you and for the time as a nine-year-old I was like I want that like like why can't I have that yeah um so I talked to my small group leader and I was like hey I want to be saved and she's like oh my goodness I like she was so excited and I was like okay we're excited and so I talked to um, my dad and Sarah and they were like super excited too. They're like, oh my goodness, this is great. And so we sat down at the kitchen table um, and we prayed and I was like, okay, this is cool. I was like, I'm in this. And so I was saved um, in fifth grade. I told my mom about it. And like, of course I didn't get the reaction that I wanted, but my mom was like, okay, that's cool. Um, well, in middle school, my mom moved back to Sherwood, but she lived in North Little Rock. And so I would see her a little bit more often, um, which was a a it was like a good and a bad thing because my mom was still very abusive and but like at the same time I got to spend more time with her and I love spending time with my mom like no matter what the situation was um she's my mom eventually I got to the point where she was clearly on drugs but like I didn't know that like I was like oh okay I don't know but she at one point was like I don't think I should be your mom anymore. Like, I don't think I'm the good fit for you. And it was like actually on my birthday that she told me this because she was like, happy birthday, by the way, I don't want to be your mom. She was basically like trying to make me feel bad and was like being very manipulative about the situation and was like, you deserve better. Um, And I just don't think I'm it. And I was like, why aren't you it? Like that, it really hurt because not only is your mom telling you that she doesn't think she's a good fit, but you're like, why am why do you not want to be a good fit like why are you giving up we had started going to church here whenever I was in sixth grade and that was actually right before I went to church camp for the first time ever I had never been to a church camp before I was so excited that happened to be the like series where we talked about Ephesians 2 10 for you are God's masterpiece and it was a really rough week because whenever we would talk about things in our group like that's what I was talking about I was like 
hey, I have to deal with this. And I'm like, and I don't really know how to deal with this. I feel like that was like the starting point of like, I wanted to have an actual relationship with God. And like, I'd be, I was saved and like, I knew what it meant, but like, and I believed it wholeheartedly, but I was like, I didn't know what it was like to actually like trust God in the situations. So literally like right afterwards, I find out that she's going to rehab. And I was like, rehab? I'm like, why do you need rehab? There's a lot of things that like clicked in my head. And I was like, I'm like, hold up God, what's going on? I was like, hey, I trust in you. And then you did this. And obviously God was like, yeah, you trusted me. Now watch, like now wait. And I struggled with that a lot because I was like, my mom's choosing something over me. I blamed, like, I blamed myself, I blamed God, I blamed everyone around us. I'm like, why is this happening? Like, why, if you saw it too, why didn't you stop it? And around this time, my dad and Sarah had gotten married and that was even worse. Like, I love that they're married now. I'm so thankful, like, God's done amazing things in their marriage. But like, back then I was like, not only am I losing my mom, but now I'm having this other lady that's like official. And I'm like, I didn't have the same last name as them. I wasn't legally in their family. I wasn't blood in their family. I was just there. It was really hard, like uh, off the walls hard. Um, and then eventually I started going to therapy to talk about it. And so you're, so at this particular point, one of the things that I think is really, really big is that, so your mom is trying to get clean. Yes. You know, so she's trying to get clean. There's been so much damage mm -hmm. between you and her. But at the same time, she's still your mom. Yeah. And and that's tough. And then over here, there's this life coming together, this home coming together. Sarah yeah. and your dad, you're, they're getting married. It, was there this feeling somewhere in you where you're like, if I I want to be fully in this home with your dad and Sarah, you want to be there. You want to you feel like you're a part, mm -hmm. but at the same time, feel like you're betraying your mom. I think I was more just like angry at the fact that like, what I wanted was not going to happen. Uh. So like my mom, like the picture in my head, I think at this still at this point was that I was going to have my mom and my dad. And like, I would quote this to Sarah and I would call it my normal life. And I'm like, I just want a normal life. Like I want all of this craziness just to stop. Like I felt like I was being like, I had an injustice going on because not only were they becoming a family, but like I was losing my family. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know where I fit. Um, because I was in one home and I was missing another home. I would cry all the time about it. I would get angry at everyone in the house and I'd be like, you're doing this, this, and this, and I don't want this. And like, like making it hard on Sarah was nothing compared to how I was acting. I started going to therapy and we talked a lot about everything. And she was like, basically one day she was like, so what do you want? And I'm like, I hate when therapists ask me that because they're like, what are your life goals? And I'm like, to not be sad. She was like, so do you want to be adopted? And like, I knew what adoption was at this point because Sarah was adopted. And so whenever I met her, she was like, she was like, hey, this is what adoption is. And she was like, well, technically you're adopted because your dad loves you and you're not like technically his. And she's like, that's adoption. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. And so like, I'd already wanted to be adopted. Um, I'd actually asked to be adopted and my mom had like was like if your dad wanted to adopt you he would have already done it and so like every single time that like everything was going on that would always play in my head so at this point not only am I like I'm missing my mom but I'm like does my dad actually want me and like he did but 
adoption in my situation comes with such a big price. Um, because if I wanted to be adopted at this point, Sarah and my dad were already married. So if you can't just adopt someone and not have your spouse adopt them, basically, if I wanted to be adopted and my dad wanted to adopt me, Sarah would have to be my mom. And when I found that out, I'd already asked my mom to be adopted. And she was like, yeah, sure. And I'm like freaking out because this woman's a fighter. And if she doesn't want something, she's not going to go for it. If she so wants you, something. So you asked your biological mom, hey, yes, <clears throat> would you let me be adopted? Yes. Like I was thinking this was no big deal. I'm like, he can just sign the papers. And that's my dad. Like, why are you doing this? And she was like, you know that that means I'm going to have to give up my rights to you. And I sat there and I was like, uh, mm. I did not know this. So I had to make a decision about it. And eventually it came down to the point where I was like thinking about it all. My mom's out of rehab at this point. Like I'm thinking my mom's clean. I'm thinking that I'm about to have to ruin this. Like I am like, my life is on the line right here. Like my whole family's on the line. I knew that I was going to be hurting my mom. And I knew that if I didn't do it, then I would be hurting my dad. I was like, I really need this. I'm like, I don't want to put emotions over something that like I need stability. And that was one of my biggest things was like, I need this to be done. But I went into ninth grade year. I had started SLS and I love SLS. Um, and I had gotten two weeks into school and I find out that my mom has been arrested for like, like big time arrested and she's back on drugs um, she's clearly not sober. I sat there crying and, um, I like, I prayed hard that, that couple first minutes I found out. And I was like, I'm like, God, like I've already been through all of this. Um, like I thought we were getting to the good part. It was a reality check for real. Um, and like, I really just could not believe it. My brother didn't find out for like a week or two later we didn't tell him because of how I reacted like Sarah was like I didn't know she was gonna do that and I'm like my mom just got arrested for drugs and she's supposed to be clean and I'm supposed to be getting adopted and like this is all supposed to be putting like back in place and it was falling apart I was like okay God if I'm gonna have to do this I really have no control over the situation so we're gonna have to do this together and I think that was at the point where I was like, I actually had to trust God about it um, because that had nothing to do with me. Like what she had done, I could not fix this. I could not say something that would make it better. I could not act a certain way. I could not do anything. I could not, like there wasn't an ultimatum. It was, she was in jail and I could do nothing about it. Like I didn't talk to my mom for seven months um, her first seven months, which was the whole entire school year. I like, I would read her letters and I would li like, I would listen to them and I'm like, I could not respond because at this point, if I was going to respond, I was going to say things that I did not want to say to her. At this point, she had already agreed to do the adoption, like finalize it. Um, I had not talked to her. So the, all of these like communications were between Sarah and her and she was going to sign off the papers for the adoption. Um, she had written me this long letter um, apologizing and saying that she understood why I was upset with her. And 
that she understood if I didn't want to write her a letter back. But she continued to write the letters, and I'm I'm really thankful for that because no matter what, I still like I think I needed that. Like I needed to know that she was trying. Yeah. Um. And eventually, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm like, okay, we can I can talk to her. Like I think that this is good because I didn't want to talk to her and her not be okay. And then it just like ruined all of these boundaries that I was trying to set for myself because I knew at this point that if I wanted a healthy relationship, I had to set healthy boundaries and it wasn't a healthy situation. And so finally I had uh, talked to her and I had written her a letter and I don't know exactly what I said, but it wasn't just like a, Hey, how are you doing letter? It was like, I told her why I didn't, I felt how I felt, why I had not talked to her. I'd said like everything. I'd laid it all on the table. But at this point, I could lay it on the table because I had forgiven her. Um, at this point, I could tell that she was healthy. Um, she clearly had started a, n- a newer version of her relationship with God. She had sent me Bible verses, um, talking about her faith and how she felt like God had his hand on the situation and that that's what she, who she had to trust. Like She was like, okay. like uh, She had figured it out or was trying to figure it out at this point. And I was like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. We can, we can figure this out together. That did not change the hurt that I was still feeling. Um, because I had forgiven my mom and I had started to talk to my mom, but still she was in jail and there was still nothing I could do about it. It's like, I had to come to accept the fact that my mom was going to be in jail, in prison. She was at this point, she was going to prison for a long time. And I was like, my mom's not going to be there. I was thinking I could list off all of the things that were going to happen in the time frame of her being in prison. I'm like, she's not going to be there for this. I could get married. I'm going to graduate. I'm like, I'm going to graduate college by the time that she does this. I'm like, I could have kids. I'm like, she's going to be gone for a long time and I'm not going to have my mom for this, like for none of it. And so any time that I would think of it, I would just be in a mood of grieving and sadness. And I had lost someone that I could talk to and I could write letters to, but I could never actually like physically see. So like anything good that happened, I would just have to write my mom a letter or I would just have to call her on hours that she could talk, if she could talk. I wanted to tell her all these things. I wanted to hug my mom. I wanted to be there with her. I wanted her to annoy me as much as she wanted. I just wanted my mom to be there and it didn't have that. Um, And of course I had all these other people that would talk to me and they prayed for me. Sarah's best friend um, had family that had done drugs and gone to prison and that she was really close with. And so she actually sat down and talked to me and she was actually the first person and maybe one of the only ones um, to sit down and talk to me and tell me that she understood how I was feeling. She had so much faith. Um, She had cancer at this point. And so I think it's really what I needed at this point um, was just someone to sit down and tell me that it was going to be okay and that they understood. And I was so thankful for that. Um, And so at this point, my mom has a couple months down the line of me talking to her. My mom tells me about this place. It's called the Hope Movement and it's in Hot Springs. It's a halfway house, like rehab facility. Um, And it's really cool. And my mom's telling me about it and she's like, hey, so we're thinking that I can go to this instead of going to prison. And we're all a little bit skeptical because my mom has so much faith in this situation. She was like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. But to get into the hope movement, you 
have to, it has to be drug related. And so like my mom was clearly a drug addict and an alcoholic, but her charges were not for drugs. So we're like, we don't think this is going to happen. And I, I'd had, I really just didn't care at this point. Like I was not praying about it. I was like, it'll happen if it happens. And I'm like, I don't want to get my hopes up at this situation. Like I am done getting my hopes up and it just all coming back to bite me in the butt. I'm like, I'm not doing this. And so I'm like, we're good, but I'm not, I'm not getting involved in this situation. I start school and about a couple months into school around the fall, my aunt, Sarah's best friend, um, passes away from her cancer. It hurt really bad because she was like another mom to me. Like she had sat down and understood what I didn't think anyone else could understand. Um, and she was always there for me. Like even on my bad days, she would pick me up from school and be like, okay, we're going to have a little self-care day or whatever. And she was always there to give me advice. She had a purpose and she still has a purpose. She's definitely still working in my life, even though she's gone. But I was like, I came to the realization. I was like, did you ever actually pray about what's going on? And I'm like, no, I didn't. And it, my prayer had nothing to do with it. But I actually sat down and looked at everything that was going on. And I was like, you need to pray about this. Like she prayed about this. Like you need to pray about this. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, and so learning to pray about it and to actually, like I said, I put my faith in like all my hope and like all my trust in God. But like, I wasn't even giving him the time of day to just talk to him about it and let him know what I wanted. So I started praying, um, and our adoption started up again because quarantine adoptions do not work very well. Um, and we finally, around December, we get a call from our attorney saying that we have a date for our adoption court, court date. Um, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is really cool. Or everyone else was really like that. The whole entire time the adoption process was going on, we weren't even, I did not want anyone to talk about it in the house. Like we were not allowed to talk about it unless absolutely necessary. Like that attorney better be asking us questions if I'm gonna start talking about this adoption because I, I just couldn't do it. And like, I felt so bad and I felt selfish because I just, I wasn't happy. And like everyone else was so happy. They were like, let's have a party. Let's make t-shirts. And I was like, you can do that, but I don't want to do that. Like I was losing my mom and I just, I really was not happy. Like it's what I wanted. Everyone would ask me, they're like, do you actually want to be adopted? And I'm like, yes, it's what I need. But I would not have picked our adoption because simply to put it, everyone in our house can tell you that adoption would not have happened if my mom had not gone to jail. Like the process was so much easier. All she had to do was sign a thing. And I was like, wow, like this is happening, but it's not how I wanted it to happen, like whatsoever. But that same week I get a phone call from my mom. So random. Cause my mom does not call me and I get a call and I'm like, I'm like, yes. And she's like, I have something to tell you. And I was like, what? And she goes, I got accepted into the hope movement. And I was like, I was shocked. I was like, what in the world? Like I had no idea what the home movement was, but I knew, like I knew she was, if she went to the hope movement, she wasn't going to prison. Um, that next week was Christmas Eve and I got to see my mom and I had not seen my mom in 16 months. Wow. Um, and what was that like? It, I, I'm going to be honest, uh, the whole entire way up there, I cried and like, I know it's okay to cry, but I cried because Talisha wasn't there. My mom's best 
Sarah's best friend. I'm going to be honest. I felt this, the guilt again. And I was like, it was another one of those moments where you sit there and you're happy, but you're sad because someone else is missing out on it. And I was like, Talia should be so happy right now. And I'm like, man, I miss her. And so I cried the whole way up there. And Sarah's like, are you nervous? Like, do you not want to see your mom? I'm like, no, I want to see her. I'm so excited. I'm just so sad at the same time because she's not here to see this. And she was there for me whenever I was crying about this. And like, I'm like, look at us now. So I go see my mom and she literally runs out of the house and, um, she picks me up in a big hug and we're all just crying and we spent the whole day together and it was just really nice which now I can see her as much as I want to um and I text her all the time um and but like at the time we could see her like once a month but I was fine with that I was like I'll take what I can get like I get to see this lady that was December 24th because it was Christmas Eve and then January 26th, we had our adoption date. Um, so I was officially Monroe Elise Davis. And we, I was excited. Like, I was really happy. Um, and, like, I think I was even happier now at this point that, like, I knew that, like, all of the pieces were coming together. Like, I could see it. At this point where I am, I feel like I have everything that I wanted. It, but whenever I tell my story, it's definitely not how I wanted it to happen. But I think I have a lot more faith in the situation that whenever I do tell my story, like I am now, I can look back and um, if not for someone else and for just for myself, I can look back and see all the things that God's done. And the more that I do that, the more I realize like my dad, like my biological dad, he left when I was little and But like when I was two, I already had another dad and my mom having all these issues, um, God put Sarah into my life and made sure that I was in church and that I had a foundation for what I needed. I know that if something else happens that obviously God's going to get me through it again.